Good morning, Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. Hey, Charles Chuck Thompson, how are you doing today? I'm angry. What are you angry about? Everything. Why? What is there? The, the list of things not to be angry about is shorter. Whatever happened to happy Chuck? Just happy all the time about he's, everything. He's gone. What? That's sad. That saddens me. He was. He's been buried in the backyard of, a you know, just darkness. Okay. All right. Buried in the backyard. So it kind of took a dark turn there. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Yeah. All right. So this is Good Morning Liberty, where we talk about life, liberty, and the failed pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. On Fridays, we normally do an episode called Dumb Bleep of the Week. And because of my cynicism... We have yes. now expanded that to at least two days, probably going to take over the whole show because we're just going to blast everybody who says the stupidest shit you can imagine all over the internet. It's like we already go through dumb things that are going on. We might as well have the live group hanging out with us vote on which one of them was the dumbest. That's basically the thing that changes it from the rest of the, the Forced week. voting. We like forced voting. Well, they have to pay the vote. There's a poll tax for you mm -hmm. to be able to do it. That's right. Uh, so they're going to be voting... Mainly because on Fridays, we have 30, 40 submissions that I will actually open and read through, and I got to narrow it all the way down to 10 or so. It's really like 15, but we call it 10 most of the time. And so I just, there are some of these that I wanted to make sure we got to, and that way they wouldn't just get cut out tomorrow. Because they're dumb. <clears throat> they are, they are definitely dumb. Like this first, you got to... Are you ready to go? You're just no. You're just ready. I am ready to go. Okay, just making sure. Like this first one right here from BS Bernie Sanders. We haven't talked about old Bernie in a while. Mm -mm. We still have BernieLies.com, by the way, which you could go check we out. Do. What does that even go to? I don't know, but it's. I need it's, to check and see. It's there. Yeah. Um. And that's what the guy does. You should put BernieLies.com in your browser right now and see what happens. All right. All right. Um, all right. Bernie Sanders says, if Disney can afford to give a $20 million golden parachute last year to a CEO who did a lousy job. It can afford to pay Disney World cast members who are struggling to pay the rent and groceries a minimum wage of at least $18 per hour. I say to Disney, pay your workers a living wage. Mm. So he said it's, it is now $18 an hour. It's yeah creeping up well inflation exactly you know, all that stuff that is what happens yeah. the, the minimum wage is always a dog chasing its tail it's never going to be enough um so there's a few things here the 20 million dollar golden parachute first off they fired their ceo because he was doing a bad job the old ceo came in now in the ceo's contract i'm sure this golden parachute was in there just in case he got fired from the job probably had to do with some stock options that he had as the ceo uh, that were promised as part of his pay for doing the work, more than likely. Um, it also helps you because once you get fired as a CEO, you might have a hard time finding another really good CEO job afterwards. So you work these things into your contract, where if you get fired, they got to pay you out a lot of money. It's worth it to Disney because they don't want to have a terrible CEO driving their billions of dollars worth of company into the ground. So it's worth it to them to pay $20 bucks to get the guy out of here, first off. That's why people do golden parachutes. 
there's some Bernie math going. Some di- we'll just call it Disney math happening right now. Some <laughs> Bernie. He's living in fairyland. No, there's fairy tale math happening right now mm. from Bernie Sanders, and we're gonna lay it out for you because this is something that I guess people just don't they just don't do because it's it sounds good when you say it, right? Mm, yeah. Or or it gets you mad like they gave this guy twenty million dollars. And well, they can't pay their workers at least 18 bucks an hour? You can tweet your solutions. Yeah. yeah it makes it easy. There's the solution. Which I'm angry about, by the way. The, the I'm, I, I'm envious. The idea is, by the way, if... We're going to break this out into a code for everyone, okay? If Disney can afford to pay $20 million to their disgraced CEO as he's going out the door, then that means they can afford to pay... There are 77,000 Disney cast members. That's not just like the people who work for Disney Corporation. That's the Disney World cast. 77,000 people working at Disney World. Uh, Their minimum wage, by the way, is $16 an hour. So they need an extra two. So they need, on average, about two bucks per, per person. Okay? So what he's saying is, if they can afford to do that, then they can afford to pay these 77,000 people $2 more per hour. Now, I blowballed the hell out of this thing. 15 hours a week is what I put as an average. And then we did 52 weeks. Now, that 15 hours a week would be 780 hours for those 77,000 people, which is around 60 million hours that they'd be paying out, which is about $120 million. Same, same. So in in this scenario, we're going to say it a better way here in a second. If they can afford to pay $20 million in a golden parachute, then they can afford $120 million. Yes. There's your math mm-hmm. from Bernie, your fairy tale Disney math yeah. from Bernie Sanders. Here's another way to say it. If they can afford to pay $20 million, then the 77,000 workers, let's just take the $20 million and we'll just divide it out among the 77,000 workers because then you're not worried about, well, how many hours are they working? Some people are working more. Some people are working less. They don't work a full year or whatever. So we'll just take the $20 million and we'll divide it out among the 77,000 people. And that comes out to $259.74 per year that you would be able to afford. Since you could pay someone $20 million, then you could not do that and instead give that money to the workers at $259 per year or $4.99 per week. Five bucks a week. If you wanted to do that. <clears throat> so. That could go, that's five bucks and go in your gas tank, man. That's, I mean, I'm not saying five bucks isn't important. The way that we grew up, we know all about putting, putting five bucks in your gas tank. All the time. All, always five bucks. Hey, put five bucks yeah. in. But back then, gas that was, was like a lot more. 50 cents. <laughs> yeah. so you could, no, it's not 50 cents. You could get like 10 gallons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty good. You know, five bucks would get you a little bit further, get you around town. So, I still remember when gas was under a dollar. We were alive when gas was under a dollar. Yeah. Get, get at least five gallons. The... um. The Bernie math in this scenario, by the way, because we're not going to actually do it based on math like the other stuff. That's how you would actually want to solve a problem. Or if you're someone who's trying to use this as a point, you would need to actually point out how this would work. But you don't need to do that. The Bernie fairy tale Disney math uh, relies on if emotions, then government. That is the actual code that they are putting in Mm. for the Bernie math. And so that is dumb bleep number one, and you can do this with all sorts of stuff all the time. The The math rarely, if ever, works out. Which is out. why math is racist. 
Well, yeah, and we went over one that of the main reasons, on yeah. Wednesday, I think. One of the main reasons yeah. that it is racist. So go check that out. Okay, there's a video. For those of you that are new, we there's a lot of satire slash, you know, facetious comments made on this show. <laughs> and I hate to give disclaimers, but first of all, we're not pro-Putin or pro-Russia. Okay, we don't actually think math is racist, and we just like to make jokes. So before you leave your rating and review about how we're just a bunch of stupid libertarians, just know that. Well, I'll probably say that still. Then hit that follow button. <laughs> All right. Okay, so Trump went to East Palestine. That kind of looked like a casino at first, but... He went to East Palestine. Great move on his part. It was very... I mean, there was some good stuff for sure. He brought a bunch of water. I don't have the clip of him saying that he brought a lot of Trump water. And he... Like, Trump water. And he said they also brought some other, like, lesser water also with them. <laughs> so, he said that? Yes, he said that. I don't have Did it. Did he buy a bunch of Big Macs or something? Uh, yeah, he went. So this is him talking. And it's this is not just going to be the dumb bleep. Something else about Trump is going to be on this. But we'll make dumb bleep number two for Thursday. Uh, but here's what he had to say while he was at McDonald's talking to the workers there. Um, enjoy your meal. And we're gonna get the meals for the fire department. Hello, everybody. What's your specialty today? How are you today? Nice to meet you. Hello, everybody. That's a nice, beautiful looking group of people. So I know this menu better than you do. Okay? I probably know it better than anybody in here. We're gonna. Okay. I know this menu better than all of you working here at this establishment. I just wanna know why. The man probably loves his McDonald's. I just want to know why he feels like, the need to to always have to know everything better than anyone else, even when he goes to McDonald's and mm-hmm. talks to the McDonald's workers. I'm just just like Warren Buffett probably knows the menu at Dairy Queen. <laughs> he probably does. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that that was just kind of funny to me. It's I get it. it. It's a joke. The real Trump part comes from this right here, Charlie. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so, Donald Trump. Former president, he uh, truths out. This is on Truth Social. Ron DeSanctimonious wants to cut your Social Security and Medicare. Closed up Florida and its beaches. Loves rhinos, Paul Ryan, Jeb Bush, and Carl Rove. Disasters all. Is backed by Globalists Club for no growth. (laughs) Lincoln Pervert Project and Uninspired Coke. And it only gets worse from there. He is a rhino in disguise. That would be a good thing if he's a rhino in disguise. Well, he's a Republican in name only in disguise. Oh, oh. Prob- yeah. So he's disguised as like a real Republican, but he's really a rhino. Yeah. Okay. But in, in the, our cases, as a libertarian, a Republican in name only is a good thing sometimes. Yeah. Whose poll numbers are dropping like a rock. Good luck, Ron. <laughs> there you go. Oh. All right, so the uh, the thing that bothered me most about this and what I see Trump doing now is that Ron DeSantis has said that we're going to have to do something to fix Social Security and Medicare. Mm-hmm. I know that's crazy. He's saying that we're going to have to make some changes to the benefits. Because there won't be any money. Yeah, no. In like five years. You can't say that. <laughs> there won't be any. And so now part of Donald Trump's plan is that he's going to go out there and attack Ron DeSanctimonious <laughs> for saying that we're going to have to 
change up Social give Security it to and Medicare. For coming up with I mean, some of this stuff. It's fine. You know? It's pretty funny. And what bothers me even more than Trump doing it, because it's not like we see any principles from Trump really at all anyway, um, it's his followers that really bother me when it comes to this, that you're going to like cheer someone on as a Republican. He even calls him a rhino in this. So like you're a Republican, conservative, MAGA hat wearing conservative, and you're going to cheer him on because he said he's not going to do anything to change Social Security and Medicare. While you're also talking about how the government's going to go bankrupt and we don't have any money and all, and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's it's very frustrating to me. There's no These principles. things have to be changed. There's no principles. And look, the Republicans were praising Ron DeSantis as like the governor, the model governor. Mm -hmm. And everything that he was doing, standing up in, in the middle of COVID and the pandemic saying, yeah, look, we followed at first, but we're not we're not giving in on this garbage. All of that stuff fighting and education, everyone looked to him as the next, you know, Republican to get behind. And then, of course, when you have a narcissist like Trump, you have to take people down like that. Well, it's a political camp. I mean, he's got to beat it's Ron a competition. DeSantis. Yeah. He, he's got to. If he wants the nomination, if DeSantis is going to run and he wants to run and win, then, yeah, you got you to beat him. It just really bothers so, me that um, he's going to be able to use not fixing Social Security and Medicare as a political tactic against a Republican. Well, imagine if you were going to tell a bunch of heroin abusers that you're taking their heroin away. It's true. You know? Yeah. Like, but even the people want to do it, like he's doing this to pander to the olds, to the old people out there. Even anyone who wants to do anything with it, they're not saying that anyone who is on Social Security or even about to be on Social Security is going to have any changes at all. It's all for, you know, the next generation coming in that they're talking about. They use it to scare old people, like they're going to take it away from you. But they're just talking about trying to shore it up for the future. Um, Which did, can never happen, by the way. Did a great it's a, interview. It's literally a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, look on our episodes. Did a great interview earlier in the week talking about all this. Um, so Dumb Bleat number two is just going to be Trump. Now, he gets more tomorrow. I wanted to split up some of the talk about him. He does get more tomorrow. And I get uh, Costco was saying, like, well, he's been going to McDonald's, you know, since forever. I'm just saying, I don't know why you want to go to the workers at an establishment and tell them that you know it better than they do. It just bothers me, the the pure need to exert your narcissism on top of everyone everywhere you go. Maybe he's, he's just trying to tell them how big of a fan he is. He's the best. Know. He's you the know? best there ever was, Nate, at everything. <laughs> it seems like a weird thing to open with. He knows everything. I know. There's not, you can't get anything by this guy. He is guy. a god. Yes. I just watched the interview, uh, you know, that one about, uh, yeah. The one Seth Rogen and um, uh -huh. Franco Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Un. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty funny movie. It's so funny. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, uh, that's Franco's. Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a no butthole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that kind of thing. It is, you know, that his followers will believe. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he has no need for one. <laughs> All right. Next dumb bleep is uh, from the Daily Wire. Thanks, Ben. It's not really, you know, Daily Wire's dumb bleep, but this case. This is case, yeah. dumb. SCOTUS hears major case against Google, YouTube, about American murdered by ISIS. So the 2015 murder of a young woman in Paris by ISIS terrorists is at the center of a U.S. Supreme Court case that challenges the liability protection social media companies enjoy for hosting content published by others. Let me read that again. It's 230, section 
challenging Section 230. Yeah, but a 2015 yeah. murder of a young woman in Paris. Mm-hmm. Is she American? She's an American woman. American woman yeah. in Paris by ISIS terrorists. The case, Gonzalez versus Google, revolves around slain college exchange student Naomi Gonzalez, 23, and whether Google, which owns YouTube, helped ISIS recruit by recommending certain content through YouTube's algorithms. American law forbids aiding and abetting terrorists, but Google claims Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act protects it from legal responsibility for videos public pushed by its recommended uh, recommendation algorithms. Supreme Court justices on Tuesday struggled to grasp grasp the issues raised in court. We're too old. <laughs> I, that's a that's basically what they said. Yeah. I actually like the responses that they've that they've had to the case so far. Elena Kagan said, "We're a court. We really don't know about these things." You know, these are not like the nine greatest experts on the internet. Brett Kavanaugh suggested, isn't it better to put the burden on Congress to change that, and they can consider the implications and make these predictive judgments? Neil Gorsuch Gorsuch questioned Google's claim that algorithms are neutral and suggested the case should be sent back to the U.S. Court of Appeals, which had ruled for Google. Law professor Eric Schnapper, who represents the Gonzalez family, argued that Section 230 makes a distinction between claims holding Internet companies liable for content created by others and claims that um, claims that hold Internet companies responsible for their own actions. So what they're deciding here is that because the algorithm recommended some videos that I guess were um, ISIS propaganda radicalizing people that this was Google making an editorial decision to push those videos to this person. What are your immediate thoughts on that idea? Dumb. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely dumb. Why? Because you like terrorism? No. Why did you want this woman to die? I didn't want her to die. I was, I, well, you don't want to stop it. I'm very sad about that. It It's the fact that Algorithms are actually neutral because it's a computer. Mm -hmm. Now they are programmed by people, but they rank and de they derank. Yeah, but it's not based on the actual mm -hmm. content. It shows you what Most, it, it thinks you want to see. First off, right? Well, it doesn't think, but you know what I mean. Well, and Google, I don't know. I obviously don't know their algorithm. We However, need Elon Musk to buy Google and let us know about YouTube. Right. However, I'm sure that. YouTube's algorithm has some, the only thing it has to do with content is like probably the length of content. So like if you upload a 10 minute video versus like a one minute video on their platform, um, it probably ranks things based on comments and likes and shares interaction between other users to say, Hey, people thought this one was popular. You might think it's popular too. You want to check it out? You know? Because that way it keeps people engaged on the platform. It has, it's not like YouTube is scanning content uploaded for, you know, ISIS specific propaganda and then saying, oh, well, we need to spread this message to more people. Yeah. This, um, it's just now this was in 2015 and the, uh, right, wasn't it 2015? Yes. And I'm assuming the radicalization happened before that. And so, we actually know there's probably been more editorialized choice 
in their algorithm now where they're specifically holding back, say, right-wing content and pushing left-wing content. Mm -hmm. I would say there's more of that now. I still don't think that uh, would leave them open for a lawsuit or whatever. But um, if they're doing it on the uh, behalf of the government, then people in the government need to be punished for that partially, you know. Mm. Um, it's it's like, a, you remember a Pandora? Do people still use Pandora radio? Not that I know of. Is, this, is it still a thing? I think it's still a thing. Is it still a thing? Probably still has like 50 million users. At this time, There's I would imagine... There's a lot of people in the world, by the way. In 2015, actually, I might have been going to the... We went to the Pandora offices one time, and they were talking about making a little channel for our in band and all that. Might have been 2014 when we were going there. I don't remember. Um, it's like that. Like, you already said it. People who liked this also like this. In 2022, Pandora had 47.6... Uh, 47.6 million monthly active users. Holy crap. I said about 50 million. <laughs> That's a lot. There's a lot of people out they there. They still have the best algorithm for for suggesting music that you might like. That is why I'm talking about Pandora. And they do it based on, well, other people who like this song also like this, and they put it together very in a very complex manner. Anyway, all that stuff doesn't really matter. If we get down to the principle of the idea, Charlie, I would say... I don't think it's Google's responsibility that someone saw, or YouTube, we'll just say YouTube's responsibility, that someone saw a video from ISIS and got radicalized and decided that they were going to go kill people. Yeah, I don't think that that's Google or YouTube's fault. You can't draw a direct correlation, you know? No. And even that's... then, it's still the individual's responsibility. Mm -hmm. This is a dangerous road here because... We're, we can all say, like, oh, they shouldn't recommend stuff from ISIS. Or they shouldn't allow stuff from ISIS. Well, guess who else are terrorists? You and me. Everyone who's listening mm -hmm. right now. Domestically. We're all terrorists also. So what if someone um, kills someone and you figure out that they had watched a bunch of Good Morning Liberty videos? Is that our fault? Is that, should they not have been... Uh, been told to go watch our stuff or been recommended to watch our stuff. Like, that's a totally... Uh, I think that this is a very slippery slope. And if you remove the responsibility from the individual who created, who committed the crime, then you're leaving everyone open for litigation here. Because, as I said, you're a terrorist. There's Antifa terrorists. You want to... What about the people, uh, the guy, the, the Bernie bro who shot up the baseball field? Did he get radicalized on YouTube by watching a bunch of Marxist theory BS or, or a bunch of BS videos? Or yeah, a bunch of Bernie Sanders yeah. videos, BS videos. Yeah, exactly. So where do you draw that line? We can all clearly say, well, I don't think YouTube should be pushing ISIS propaganda to people. But what do you even call ISIS propaganda? What if it's ISIS propaganda that said that the U.S. was encroaching on people's sovereign land and killing millions of civilians? or hundreds of thousands of civilians, and had bases on Holy Land and stuff like that. Is that ISIS propaganda? Fact check true. I'm saying you can't draw, you can't draw that line. And so it's not on Google or YouTube or whatever. It's on the person who committed the crime. They're probably dead. I don't know who they are, but yeah, that's... And, you know, I, I understand the live group is saying, well, they use the algorithms to stop, you know, libertarians and conservatives during the pandemic. I'm sure they could, you know, have key words. Do you think like, it's going to get better after if, they can get sued for any word that anyone says right. on their platform? 
I'm sure if they wanted to, they you know they could filter out you know jihad or kill Americans or whatever. And if you say that in a video, they could probably downplay it or remove it or give you strikes or ban you, whatever. But the what we're talking about here is that the actual law. So it's 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 not a libertarian or liberty position to put these things into law because how in the world can you make an entity like Google or YouTube responsible for the actions of another individual who made the choice, by the way, regardless of what was being said to him or content that he was consuming? It's like, are we going to blame video games, you know? Should we should we blame Grand Theft Auto for <laughs> what's happening? It's still Because, you know, you can murder prostitutes and policemen and stuff like that in Grand Theft Auto, get away with it. I think that as there's... As long as you're fast enough, you know, in the, in the game. I think there's this uh, kind of ticky-tack way where we want to get at Google because of the censorship they've been committing against people like us. And so we want to say, yeah, you're going to lose your Section 230 protections. And you might be able to make the case that they are... Uh, editorializing and picking and choosing and that, and that that should take away their section 230 to me i'm saying that's still not i that's still not a principled stance from my point of view even if you remove section 230 as a libertarian as a individualist how can i say that they have any responsibility for this for what that person did i'm saying you can't you think we're going to draw the line right there, but eventually it's going to be uh, Bernie Sanders legally fault that the person did that thing, or it's going to be Donald Trump's actual fault that someone did something crazy, or Ron DeSanctimonious's <laughs> fault that someone did something they crazy. They could actually make the case that Trump really did incite violence. Or you pushed Scott Horton videos and you decided to commit a jihad <laughs> against, <laughs> against people. Because you were so mad at America. Like, where do you draw this line? It's got to be at the individual that makes that decision yep. to do that. You can't say that some information people just shouldn't be allowed to hear. Because then what you're saying is that someone gets to decide that there's some information that people shouldn't get allowed to hear. And 20 years from now, who knows what the hell that's going to be. Mm -hmm. I know we're already doing that. But... I got to believe that the actual market's going to work it out and taking away section 230 is not going to solve that problem. Taking away section 230 will destroy Rumble and Odyssey and all of the other uh, free market concepts that are coming up right now. It will destroy Truth Social. It'll destroy Twitter. L literally, they will not be able to afford the legal expenses associated with getting sued every time someone says something that people don't like on their platforms. It's much like the the libertarian, the anti-war, the Rage Against the War rally that happened, mm. you know? As if, like, because there were some people that showed up with Russian flags, it's the same thing as if they showed up on your platform, right? Yeah. Or Tom Woods accused of being Nazis because a couple apparent Nazis listened to his show. Like, how can you... <laughs> are you... How can you actually, you know, stop that from happening, Right? And then make it your fault. So it's like... It does seem like they did invite a pretty pro-Russian speaker at the rally. I mean, it, I'm not saying that's not the case. But who invited okay. that person? Was it, but it, was it, it Angela McArdle? In this case, you got to look at the, the goal is to stop everyone dying in a nuclear war. Mm. And so, like, at this point, what's going to help do that? I don't know. 
I don't think that that whoever that was speaking got us closer to nuclear war, you know. So anyway, sorry I interrupted you with that. I just wanted the disclaimer for you. No, I'm just making the case that you can't you can't fault the platform because it didn't do a good enough job, let's say, of scrubbing its content that millions of people upload. By the way, so many videos. So what you're doing is you're conscripting a platform even a podcast like us, to sift through all of our users, do background checks on them, make sure that they're not going to commit some kind of crime because they listen to our show. Yeah. And the burden's <laughs> on us now. Literally to, takes to YouTube keep people back to, from committing crimes. Takes YouTube back to only cat videos. Yeah. Just right on back to cats and puppies, just like it used to be. You yep. know? So, um, all right, next thing, don't believe, that was number three. Number four, there's only five today. Okay. Number four... Yeah, Charlie, have you ever heard of diversity, equity, and inclusion? Mm-mm. Never heard of it before? Is that a new thing? It's a thing, okay? And it's done so well across the economy. Like, I've seen so many good things come out of it. Also, the, the military's super into this right now. And so you got to make sure that you're properly diversified, you're, you're properly equitable, you're including everyone, even when it comes to higher-ups or whatever. Now... Personally, I just think that the best people possible should be doing the jobs. Now, I don't like the idea that some people could be getting held back because of uh, whatever their, however they fit into the DEI thing. DEI, what's the A part? I don't know what that one is. Plus, I'll just say that. (laughs) I don't know which one it is. Uh, Diversity, equity, inclusion, plus. Yeah. Because there's more. Absolutely. I don't think there's anything important in this video that's going on. Um, they're just having this little seminar. You can see they're all online because they're all on the West Coast and still in pajamas, right? The little seminar that's going okay, on. Now they post this uh, and they say diversity. This is the Department of Defense. They say diversity is a strategic imperative, critical to mission readiness. Why? First off. Is it really? That's what I want to know. Well, they say why at the end there, because our people matter. Okay. We were on site, like the U.S. military has done such a bad job up to this point because they didn't have enough diversity was the problem. Mm -hmm. We were on site for the 2023 inaugural DEIA summit as the DEI plus experts led forums to advance the DEI plus and DOD mission because our people matter. Now, what was good on here, Elon Musk said, your strategic imperative is defending the United States. Yeah. Who cares? (laughs) That's that's what it is. The military doesn't give a shit what color you are, where you come from. Are you willing to sign the dotted line to, uh, you know, lose your life? And then on top of that, do you meet a certain level, a certain standard of, you know, physical ability, mental capability and all that to be a part of the job of defending the United States of America? Now, there could be people. that's your job. There could be people held back. It's in the name. It is. Department of Defense. That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. They've been in the Department of Offense for a long time, though. (laughs) So, all right. Next (sighs) thing here, the Air Force. Now. That doesn't that doesn't mean that there are not people that are that are held back 
because of whatever it is. They're a woman or they're gay or they're black or whatever. Basically, anyone that's not a straight white male. It doesn't mean that that's not a thing and that there isn't a way to address that. Now, one thing I, I wouldn't want to do is then look at the, the, at it as like a quota for all these things and say, well, we've got to specifically grab someone that fits in this box and bring them up in here because that makes us better yeah. somehow. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how it makes it better. It, like what? It, wouldn't it be better just to have whoever's the best I'm at trying stuff? To I'm trying to steel man it in my head. Okay. For instance, I guess one argument would be if, you know, as a black child, if I see a, you know, a black colonel mm -hmm. who has a special position in the Department of Defense, maybe I can grow up to be that one day. Okay. Maybe that's an argument. All right. So you make. <laughs> now I thought about Just this. Just like the Black Mermaid. That way I can, you yeah, know, you, fantasize about being a, be a half. Mermaid. Yeah. Half woman, half fish as a black woman. One of the problems is that people don't strive to be mermaids uh, up until now. Yeah. Been one of the big problems. Okay, so does that mean that every gender and race needs to be exposed to a person in charge of their race and gender? Or you're doing a disservice to those kids because now they don't think they could grow up to be Whatever that is. What I'm saying is, okay, so you have a black colonel. And the black colonel goes to the school and he talks to the kids and he's like, yeah, I'm a black colonel. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. And then all the, okay, so the white kids, are they not, you don't want them to join the military because now they've only seen this black colonel. They can't see themselves growing up to be a colonel in the military anymore. You know? <laughs> know what I mean? And now, was that a male, I'm assuming? Now, you said black colonel. That could have been a woman. I assumed it was a male. But that's because of the way... Because uh, you're misogynistic. Our society yeah. is right mm -hmm. now. It's not yeah. my fault. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, do you need to have a panel of every combination of everyone that is visible at all yeah. times? Yeah. That way, every, and I mean we at every some, rank. We need some quadriplegics <laughs> up there. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Just showing that it can be done. See, I think instead of focusing on stuff like this, what we should focus on is pounding this idea of grouping people by their race their color, their gender, their, their sexual orientation. Is actually racist. Pounding it out of people's heads. Yeah. And just saying, human, you know, human. Do you human. know how many white golfers were inspired by Tiger Woods? All of them. <laughs> Basically all of all them. All of the, like, you talk to any of them. Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, all of the, the guys that have won, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, all the guys that came after Tiger who have been really good golfers were all, you ask every single one of them, Oh, I was inspired by Tiger Woods. Dude. Why? Because he was a great, he's the greatest golfer. I freaking idolized Michael Jordan when I was little, okay? I even got to go to a couple Bulls games when he was playing, all right? It was fun. I, I tried to play basketball, you know? Because of Michael Jordan. Because of, I was obsessed. You know what my number was? 22. Yeah, I couldn't get 23. I think Jamie <laughs> Curley might have had that. I don't you remember. That's a 23. But I wanted to be 23. You wanted to be, okay. I don't remember who actually had And he looked nothing like you. I never once considered the fact that he was black. Yeah. I thought that I could be like him, but if I should have had someone telling me that we were different colors and there was no way I was ever going to be like Michael Jordan. <laughs> so I didn't waste any time. Yeah. You know? But I didn't think about that when I was mm. growing up. Who the, What kid thinks about that? They don't. Unless you pound it into their heads that that's what they need to think about all yeah. the time.
It should be based on meritocracy. Yes. That's what it should be. Who is the best man or woman for the job? You know, it doesn't matter. Um, Can, are you the best at doing this job? Defending the country, by the way? Are you the, flying a plane? Yeah. Whatever it is. Working on the plane. Driving a submarine? Driving, yeah. What do you, uh, cap, cap, what do you do? Do you drive submarines? I don't know. Cap, a stick shift? <laughs> you, you captain them? I, I don't it really know. It seemed like it'd be a captain thing. Mm. I don't know what under the water is. Steer the, you know? st whatever. You get the, <laughs> you know the thing, all right? We're clearly experts on the matter. <laughs> exactly. I've been in a submarine before. They're just, they're just bringing affirmative action into it is, they are. The Department we don't have to go through this article. It's yeah. a Air Force touts plan to track Are you promotions. the best person at getting shot at? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then shooting back at someone else? Yeah. You know? Are you the best at that? I don't care what color you are. I don't care what race you are, what gender you are. I don't care how tall you are, short, fat. Can you, can you do the job? Who cares? Well, you would be able to say that from your point of privilege, Charlie. Of course. You've been able to think about the world... In that way, because you never had to worry about anything else. Because I'm looking, okay, and down. all those. Because I'm looking down on everyone, yes. and so that is how you think mm -hmm. everything should be. And by the way, those are all white supremacist ideologies in the first place. All of those things. Mm. Um, okay, we want to go through that, <laughs> but okay, I guess we should uh, talk about this for a <laughs> second, though. In a completely unrelated note, for number four, for the army totally unrelated. So they're. <laughs> They're having an issue recruiting people. Their recruiting numbers, I believe, were down 25% last year. They missed their target by 25%. I can't remember what the exact statistic was. And they have cited a lot of people, some people that I've talked to, Charlie, have mm -hmm. said that the reason they couldn't hit that was because there's too much wokeness in the military. You know, they're trying to get their white guilt, white anger, white rage uh, out of people, they're watching their DEI seminars and and doing all that, and that people just aren't wanting to join up anymore because of that. I'm not saying that's the only reason; could be one, but the army says that's not what it is. It's people are too scared. Mm. The safety, it's safety. You know, they do they do a lot. They do, they do a lot. You know, gotta go out there and train those Ukrainian Nazis. You know. <laughs> Good Lord, There's, I saw this grouping of news articles before the war pertaining to Ukraine, and it's from every news outlet that there is, ABC, NBC, The Guardian, all of them, just talking about this problem in Ukraine with the fact that there's so many Nazis. And then they're just all gone, I guess. I'm not sure what happened. And we're just giving them money. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Um, while some Republicans blame the COVID-19 vaccine or wokeness, that's the other thing, vax mandates, for the Army's recruiting woes, the military service says the bigger hurdles are more traditional ones. Young people don't want to die or get injured, deal with the stress of Army life, and put their lives on hold. Uh, I think that part of that could be true, you know? Yeah. But also, we've talked about this before, the reason that you join up, you got to be, a, unless you're trying to get your college paid for, or like something like that, do it as a career. Like it's a, like your patriotic duty, you want to keep America safe and all that. And I think that curtain has been lifted with the whole Afghanistan fiasco and all that. 
I really think that whole idea that I'm going to join the military and keep us safe and be of service has been destroyed. It's like, and I'm not saying this is what everyone does, but now it's more the idea like I'm going to go invade and topple regimes and like a, hundreds of thousands of civilians are going to die, you know? And like, what do we do? I'm going to go fight what? wars that I don't believe in. Yeah, that's the thing that I don't yeah. believe in. Right. It's not a very good motivating factor. And that's why they're working so hard on getting people to believe in our upcoming hot war against Russia. You know, people are going to want to join up for that. Uh, so anyway, completely unrelated note. Last thing, Charlie. All right. There's an article in here associated. Why don't you read through this for us, okay? All right. This is from the New York Post. Death of shot Clinton aide with Epstein ties found tied to a tree ruled suicide despite no gun <laughs> at the scene. That's awesome. The mysterious death of an aide to President Bill Clinton with ties to Jeffrey Epstein has been officially ruled a suicide, despite there being no sign of a weapon near the body. Mark Middleton, 59, who served in the Clinton White House in the 1990s, was found dead on uh, Heifer, Ranch, Heifer Ranch in Perryville, Arkansas, on May 2nd in 2022. Almost one year after Middleton's death, a police report obtained by the outlet this week revealed that the Little Rock businessman was discovered with a gunshot wound to the chest and an extension cord tying his neck to a tree. <laughs> That's not funny mm. for the guy. No. Okay. But they ruled this a suicide. Could you? Well, I know what happened. This guy was so depressed. Mm -hmm. He shot himself in the chest. And when he didn't die after like 15 minutes, he's like, well, that didn't do it. Let me yeah. get this electrical cord and tie myself to a tree. He went to a completely different location because they couldn't find a gun anywhere right. around there. Um, yeah. Left the gun or he took it and he threw it in a lake or something mm -hmm. like that. And then, yeah, hung himself with an extension cord. Uh, notably, gotcha. Lawson's account, the, the deputy, Lawson, from the Perry County Sheriff's Department, his account includes that while officers located a gun case and three boxes of buckshot in Middleton's BMW SUV, there was no weapon in sight. Though the father of two worked for his family's HVAC business in the years before his death, he previously enjoyed a high-flying lifestyle as special advisor to Clinton and assistant to his chief of staff. Middleton notably signed late, uh, notably signed late pedophile Epstein into the White House seven of the 17 times he visited the residence. He also reported to have flown on Epstein's infamous Lolita Express jet. Hmm. <sighs> what a tragic... Well, Matt's got a good idea. He tied the gun season. to a bunch of balloons, and then he took it down, and then it, the balloon got shot down by a missile. Mm -hmm. Now that, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, there you go. Some raccoons helped him. Up there. Maybe raccoons grabbed the gun and ran off with it. I'm telling you, man, those things... Mm -hmm. Are bandits. I might be the first to say it here. Middleton didn't kill himself. Yeah. Probably very first <laughs> to say that. How many people have died that have been tied to the Clintons? It's too many. Dude, have you ever did you ever watch House of Cards? This is kind of crazy. Did you watch, watch House of Cards? I got through, I think, some of season two, like first and second season. It's good. Yeah. It's definitely written about the Clintons. Like But I hated Or there it's like the basis. It's not about the Clintons, but it's yeah. It's, it's about a, the Clintons. It's about the Clintons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you is. don't want to say that. No. Yeah. 
And I, we're not saying that either, by the way. And by the way, neither one of us are suicidal. Mm-mm. Not any more than usual. How many people close to the Clintons have to die of suicide before something happens? How, should ask chat GPT. How crazy is this? I mean, how many people has it been now? At least five or six. Yeah. It can't be a coincidence at this point. You know, what's funny is I knew that we would get to this, and I thought about researching this earlier, and I forgot to do it. I was like, I bet it's going to get to how many people have died that were close to the Clintons. Yeah. And I need to have this number for when it gets brought up. But I didn't get it. All right, everyone, we got to get the votes in, by the way, while we're trying to find this number. Uh, let's get this. One, two, three, four, five. There are five dumb bleeps, and let's get to them. Number one was Bernie's fairy tale Disney math. Number two was Trump on Social Security entitlements. Number three was the Section 230 SCOTUS case. Number four is DEI in the military. And number five is the Clinton AIDS creative suicide. Very creative suiciding that happened. And also very, very sad. Sad stuff. You know the thing. What'd you find, Chuck? Well, I'm finding reports somewhere around like the 50 number. 50? Yeah. That's got to be inflated. That are suspicious deaths. But of course, people on the left are saying that it's a right-wing conspiracy theory. Of course you it know? is. Why would so it not be? So I'm finding be? a lot of that. So it's very hard to to see what the actual number would be. But hmm, there's been definitely very a lot of suspicious deaths. The people who died before their time, you would yeah. say. Here's Joe Montano, who's a former former chairman of the DNC, died of a heart attack at 47 after the email dump. A 38-year-old attorney, Sean Lucas, was found dead a month after he helped serve the DNC with a lawsuit. Um, Ron Brown and Paul Tully, seniors in the DNC and close affiliates of Bill Clinton, died under mysterious circumstances. A White House intern was murdered as she was to go public with her story of being sexually harassed by Clinton. Mm. Suzanne Coleman allegedly had an affair with Bill Clinton when he was the Arkansas Attorney General, she died of a gunshot wound and was pregnant. So, um, there's a hashtag Clinton body count. Yeah, it seems very, I don't know, it's pretty strange. Yeah. That there seems to be a lot of accidental deaths surrounding, or suicidal type deaths surrounding, with very weird circumstances. Listen, I'm sure you, like, can, you can pick any this guy famous person and was shot in the chest. People. With no gun to be found, shot in the chest, no weapon, and then hung. He must have thrown that thing so far after he shot himself. Too far for the you cops know? to find it. That's the thing. Well, imagine like, all that adrenaline he probably had at the time. Like you're shooting yourself in the chest. You have so much adrenaline, you probably threw the gun like a mile away. That's and they can't how I it. imagine you would feel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bailey said it could have been the recoil. Maybe he didn't properly have hold of the gun. When he shot it, it flew out of his hand so hard and so far also that they, they can't find the gun. They said they found buckshot in his car. Was it, was it a shotgun? Sounds like a shotgun. I don't know. It's really hard to shoot yourself in the chest with a shotgun. So, and I've got long arms. That would be tough. I feel like, unless it was sawed, maybe it was sawed off. Well, who knows? Can't find the weapon. Yeah. That's the problem. Now, I've watched enough Dateline in 48 hours and 2020 and all this to know 
that when someone dies of a gunshot wound and you can't find a gun anywhere near the body, it probably wasn't a suicide. I'm not a medical examiner. Yeah. But I don't remember seeing a lot of Emmys list that as a suicide afterwards. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, it looks like, did everyone get their votes in? Um, it looks know. like the Clinton aide is going to be the, the winner. Well, how about that? That's that's it. Ruled a suicide. I kind of like doing a little dumb bleep on a Thursday. Yeah, and we didn't have to pack in like 10 of them, which is going to make tomorrow easier too. Mm. So We'll see. And there's still and he likes to put as much as possible mm-hmm. on there. He's always afraid that a show might not happen. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't include 30 things. <laughs> like we won't have enough to talk about. I don't want to run out of content. I should be like as quiet as possible. <laughs> Why? To, just to like get through all the material really fast and it causes a lot of anxiety because you're like, I don't know what to talk about next. Like right now. Yeah. I'm about to crawl out of my skin at the moment. Yeah. But you, you have to you have to go back to our history, Nate. We have like hour-long conversations just talking to each other. Because one thing I say can spark something and you, and then you say something would spark something to me. Did you listen to that Eric Weinstein uh, interview with Rogan? It came out in the last couple of days or whatever. Anyone listen to that? I think I listened to part of it. It was Eric Weinstein. Oh, no, not no. Not Brett. No, then I haven't. Okay. It was pretty good. Up his... until like the last 30 minutes, I got kind of annoyed. But Is that his brother? It's pretty good stuff. I think it is his brother. Pretty sure. Okay. Um, it was, it was, I like any kind of conversation about like physics and all that because it I don't know. It's too difficult to fully wrap your mind around, which to me helps relieve anxiety for some reason. I can watch stuff about black holes and infinity and whatever, and it like helps relieve anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I like those kind of conversations, and that's what it was. It was good stuff. Nice. Yeah. Well, if you enjoyed this show and not that show or that show and this show, who co- Who knows? If you enjoyed it, just hit that follow button or the plus sign on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review for your friends to let them know how much you love the show. Congrats to Tom, by the way, for winning today. Uh, by the way, uh, you go to joingmail.com. I'm working on a new landing page so it doesn't scare people when they get bounced to Discord, mm. you know. Um, I'm working on that. But uh, whoever submits the winner of Dumb Bleep of the Year, which I got a spreadsheet going, they get a trophy sent to them, a Dumb Bleep of the Year winner. It'll, it'll be good. And we'll send one to the uh, person... The dumb, except for this guy who's dead. He's you could put it on his gravestone, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. That would be worth posting online though. I tell you <laughs> what, you put the dumb bleep of the year on his on his tombstone. Mm. I'm just saying. Poor guy. I mean, I feel well, honestly, Can't the s- reason he got murdered was because he did a lot of bad stuff and they were trying to cover it up. Mm. So you know. Mm-hmm. They were buried no harm, in the no foul. damn desert out <laughs> past the grassy knoll. How do you know? Still got the shovel. <laughs> all right, y'all. Like I said, if you enjoyed today's episode, do all those things. Go to joingmail.com, godhatesfeds.com. Share the show with a friend, a family member, and a foe. And if you do that, we'll be back again tomorrow for some more Dumb Bleep of the week. Until then, I hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.